podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the Anfield Wrap in association with The Athletic. The Athletic are our lead sponsor for the season. If you haven't signed up already, make sure you consider it. It's fantastic stuff and I'm enjoying it myself. I obviously got James Pearce and Cy Hughes doing all the Liverpool writing, but some brilliant writers on football and beyond. If you're into American sports in particular, there's loads on there for that. But if you head to theathletic.com forward slash The Anfield Wrap to take advantage of the offer for tour listeners, it's 50% off for yearly subscription, which means just £2.49 month for lots of great content so that's theathletic.com forward slash the Anfield wrap to get 50% off and get stuck in and thanks to the Athletic for supporting us this season it's the Anfield wrap it's Monday after the Sunday before that's the Sunday when Liverpool beat Manchester City by three goals to one that's fourth placed Manchester City leaving Liverpool nine points ahead of them at the top of the table I'm Melissa Reddy. I've got an A-list here. It's uh, storming outside, very much sunshine in here, except for in Ben Johnson's head. Uh, we've got a very hungover Ben Johnson, Adam Melia, Paul Senior, Rob Gutman and Gareth Roberts. Uh, to start off with, because it was such a big game and you could feel it and Klopp referenced it afterwards, the intensity, you knew how much it meant to both teams. I want to know quickly from all of you, heading into the game, what you were feeling about it. Were you apprehensive and stuff? And then how did that contrast with your post-match feeling? I don't think apprehensive begins to cover it. I just couldn't function for, for an entire week coming into that. I'd sort of torn myself around to being made up with a draw. I said, I'll tell you. I don't know why I was so defeatist about it. I think we... I think. To, sit, to have sat six points ahead of them at the end of that game would have been absolutely fine, especially with the fixtures they had coming up. I looked at our fixtures from the start of the season and there's the first 10 or 11 we had. And we always had our eye on this fixture. And I think I think I wasn't the only one who said to himself, fucking hell, if we're in touch with these coming into Anfield and we can beat them then and just nudge ahead, then we got a chance this season. So the prospect of being six points was amazing. I didn't think nine points just seemed so far away from, from doable until you're in that ground and then everything seems possible. Yeah, well, I, I I was a bit different. I'm normally very much like Rob. I'd been I'd been away in the week, so I hadn't really I hadn't been at the forefront of my mind like it normally would. And then I got on the plane back in a pretty long flight, and it, it dawned on me on the airport that I'm basically flying to the match. And yeah, it didn't make me feel too good on the plane. Uh, and I I'd started to overthink it, but I'm all right. I'm all right when we're at Anfield. And you know, I think they said. What are we? Lost one game in fifty or something stupid now, and I'm so confident in this Liverpool team now, really. Um, but the the one team that that you do fear is them. But yesterday, I, I walked into Anfield and I, I was pretty, I was pretty calm. I've just, I just fancied us yesterday, and I thought, I thought it, was, it justified my opinion. Really, were you still calm post match? I was more nervous at two nil. But post match, yeah, we um we we had a nice night. <laughs> um, I well, Gareth had a nice, I very did nice, a nice night. Yeah, um, throwing was, shapes, mate. Weren't you? That's it. I was, mate. I was, I was dancing the night away. Um, I thought we'd do them. I've got to be honest with you. I thought we'd do them. I fancied us all week, and and a lot of their fans. You know, we're being accused of crying it in and stuff uh, when people listen to our content and stuff with some city fans, but. You know, we did we did that much of it, and we were doing stuff for other media as well. That 
you know, it started to creep into my head that they have got some problems and that there are some cracks in, in the armour, if you like, and I thought we could take advantage of it, and we did. Um, and, yeah, post-match, yeah, it was just uh, absolutely over the moon because, you know, it, nothing is won in November and all that stuff, and Klopp was absolutely right what he said in his post-match uh, press conference, and he kept it under, but I'm sure behind the scenes he was punching the air like everyone else. And um, it, it's massive, like Rob just said. It's absolutely huge to beat them, to beat them in that manner, and all the VAR stuff and stuff like that's just an absolute distraction. We were the better side. We scored three great goals. We deserve to win, and we deserve to be where we are. And we're a fantastic side, and we've got every chance of winning the league. There's loads of random stuff that can affect any season. I think that's our biggest problem, really. You know, we, injuries and form, and you know what other sides do and things like that, but. I, I honestly look at their, their fixtures and just think, I, I can't see them winning them all. I think there's further slips ahead, further cracks ahead, and Guardiola's, you know, punching the clouds and stuff and complaining to God. Um, and that was, that was, I don't think that, it's, you can't say music to your eyes, can you? Because that doesn't make sense, but it was. Say that, I like that. Yeah, it like was. That. It was music to we my eyes. Musicalized, <laughs> didn't we? <laughs> I, uh, I was. I was different before the game. I thought, I just, I think we'd over, we'd overthought, we'd underplayed how good they are. I think I was convinced that they were going to win. I was just, and for and, and you know that's disrespectful to the quality of this Liverpool side. But I, I was just thinking, this is we're too confident, we're too confident going into this game. I think you asked everyone. I was watching all the stuff like, you know, the Anfield rappers doing. I was looking at all the other stuff, and everyone's like, you know, the ground's going to be bouncing. This, that, the other. And I was thinking, oh. This just the one where they score first, and then we can't get back in the game, and then they do to us what we what we did to them. Uh, and so, the first goal is massive, I think, for the for the context of the game, and then after the game, it's just yeah, I was I think the happiest I think I've ever been was when uh, they thought they had a free kick and the referee had give off sides. There's about two minutes to go. I celebrated that like a goal for ages. I'm like, get on, get on. <laughs> I still am now. Look, I told you I was pissed. So don't ask me no more questions. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was uh, maybe not quite as um, I, I, I was on, on, along similar lines to Ben. I just I thought that they would come and do what they did, and and, and that was what was terrifying me was that they'd never come and played before, and I just knew they were going to yesterday because I thought they needed to, and I thought with us looking a little bit rickety slightly at the back and conceding a few softish goals mainly to do with kind of how we've been rotating we've changed the team a bit over the last few weeks sort of on purpose to, to make sure we have a full strength for this game I just I, I, and, until it started I was I was thinking City starts so strongly and we've sometimes started a bit slowly um, that I, I just I, I was sort of dreading them them getting an early an early goal um, and I thought I, I thought we weathered it that really well and I just thought to be honest, when, when I saw how they were going to play, it was just, you know, not as a neutral, but I just thought about two minutes in, I was thinking this is an amazing game of football. It was because uh, they've, they, they've never come and done that before. And it was, I think, I think uh, Guardiola said it afterwards that it was it was a, a great advert for the for the league. And, and I agree, you know, some, some, the, the lad next to us was saying that he thought it was like a bit disrespectful of City to come and play like that. I don't think it was. I just think it was, I, I prefer I prefer them doing that than, than what they did last season. Mm. There's actually two parts to that because I think it gets overlooked that City were actually excellent in the in the opening five minutes. They were really good and you actually were fearing sitting in the stadium that they were going to, going to get the opener. 
because Liverpool were under a lot of pressure. But in saying that, that approach, the fact that they were so offensive, you knew Liverpool in transition are so good that they would possibly punish them. And obviously the first opportunity they got to do that, they used that. Did you have that same sense when you saw them so offensive a bit of fear but also a bit of hey actually this suits Liverpool it, it does it does suit Liverpool but now it's it it's scared the life out of me to be honest with you because as, as Ben sort of reference we've been talking about the ground rocking and um, how how Manchester City be overall by Anfield there was none of that there was none of that early doors I didn't I didn't think the atmosphere was quite as what we built it up to be uh, in, in the beginning and also I thought Manchester City just looked really comfortable with the occasion they're, they're unfortunate. Uh, I think if we're all honest, you know, they should have had a penalty. Um, and yeah, they, 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 they were in control of the game. They were 2-0 down. Not sure how allowed that the hand balls up before it goes to Trent. I mean, like, the, the, sure, it's just down Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, 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 I don't like sympathising with referees, but they've... They've they've hung themselves with stupid rules. It should be so, it should be so much easier than that. But just in, in terms of general play, I thought Ma- Manchester City were two 0 down and, and the better side. Um, Liverpool hadn't put two passes together, um, but thank well there, there was one that they put together in, a, in Mohamed Salah's head. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought we were fortunate to be two 0 up really. But yeah, that, that that that's it with Liverpool, isn't it? You can you can have all of the ball, but within. Uh, a, a wonderful ball from Trent Alexander-Arnold and a, a brilliant goal by Fabinho. It's one, it's one of them things, isn't it? That we we can just hit hit teams like that, and it's even teams of that quality. Manchester City are crap at the back, but what Liverpool do is, is all down to them. As I said, the storming goal from Fabinho and then boss ball by Trent, even better ball by Robertson, and you two nil up. One of the back. most accurate things from the post-match reactions was Bernardo Silva saying you can play really well against this Liverpool team and find yourself 2-0, 3-0 down before you can even understand what's happening I I, I didn't quite see it the way you did Paul I, I thought their early encampment in our half actually comes directly from kickoff, and I'm not quite yet convinced that they intended to play radically differently from how they have at Anfield before what happens is they take they take the sort of kickoff that we take and it launches it deep into our half and they win the first set piece on the touchline it goes for a throw in I think they, they keep winning them don't they? yeah they keep winning mm. but at that point you're penned in it's like it's like when you get a corner you can maybe also get another three because just because of the nature of defending that deep in your own half and I thought they got a little bit of the rubber green and they were determined of course they were in they found themselves deep in our half at that point so it gave them this momentum in the first five minutes and in a way I think that served us because I think it drew them further into our half than they ever would have intended and then they get caught out on the counter I, I my overview of the game is I don't think City were unlucky I, I think it's a game where if you score two early goals against a, a rival who and there's paper thin between you in terms of quality they are going to have more of the ball they are going to well, dominate the I game suppose my, my point was more around you know the, the, the early the early part of the game really Mel which was, was that City didn't look like they were um, they were being overcome by Anfield or the occasion mm. or whatever, and it, it sort, of, sort of sounded like I was damning Liverpool. There. It, it wasn't that. It was just that City, City looked more comfortable early on than we did. I think that was the plan, though, wasn't it? Because you know we mentioned before that they come last year, and you know they were so determined to take this thing out of it last year that they were 
you know you had John Stone standing on their own goal line receiving it from the keeper knocking it round just trying to slow everything down and it didn't well they got a nil-nil but it didn't work I think they came to this one knowing because of the gap that was there and, that, and the gap that could be there and the gap that now is there they had to win and I think they knew they had to win and I think they came to get in our faces to use the atmosphere almost to their own advantage and to score first they wanted to score first and I thought we looked a little bit nervy initially yeah, and, I, and, and I thought Trent looked like he was struggling a little bit Raheem Sterling had his best game at Anfield that he's had since since he left and they were causing us problems no doubt about it but then we just get out Fabinho scores that goal we get out again it's 2-0 and I, I thought it was a, they threw absolutely everything at us and they played mm. well I think Pep Guardiola when he wasn't shaking his fist at clouds you know he, he talks about them playing well and he's right to say that he played well yeah. but it was 3-1 to Liverpool and we've won and, and we're out of it and it's done and I think you know Liverpool deserve all the credit in the world I think Rob's point well sorry about the, um, things being the difference being paper thin well, the the difference, I suppose, shows that Manchester City could throw things at Liverpool. If it, let's say it's a boxing match, that they're throwing digs at Liverpool, and we're we're responding well to them. But Liverpool threw two early digs, mm-hmm. and Manchester City's glass jaw, for example, yeah. was was exposed. Yeah, I, I disagree with Rob. I think it was definitely their intention to come and be quite ballsy at Anfield. I think they needed to, like uh, Robbo said, because of the gap. Last season, they came in and they were in the ascendancy when they got to Anfield. So they had something to protect, basically. And it it made sense for them to be obstructive rather than play to their offensive strengths. Um, My point is, I suppose, is that we'll never know because of the way the game went. Mm. I often think... if You often see one team come out the traps from the start of a game uh, because... Something's happened to them in that last minute before they've gone out, where they've been fired up by a manager. Go, you have, you have to do this. I mean, you know, it's like they've had, re- you know, red meat thrown in front of them or whatever. Maybe that did happen with City, and they want they, they get the early momentum. Um, but I always felt that we were we were ready for that. Mm. And I always feel if a team, if you can contain a team who've come out of the traps quickly at you for the first five minutes, they can often have not gone, but you've got a, you've got a major chance. Then I often don't like. I think if you come out of the traps fast and you don't score. It tends to go against you the rest of the half. I've seen it with Liverpool teams. You go, we're starting so quickly here. We better fucking score because otherwise it's not going to work. Um, I I don't think Klopp would look back at any part of that game. Oh, Jesus, we let them on to us too quickly, too early. I think that just happened. They're very, very good. They're always going to have p- periods of doing that. I think i tell you what I do where I, I, I sort of feel like the, the wider sympathy with Paul's points and other points is I think we were, this sounds mad because we won 3-1 and we're all ecstatic. I feel we were slightly cheated out of a vintage Liverpool performance alongside a vintage Liverpool scoreline because if City had scored first, I think there's a chance we get the Tottenham game. Maybe not, but I think there's a chance we'd have seen Liverpool, and we'd have seen Liverpool dominate a team, dominate a team that is very close to. That we didn't get a chance to see Liverpool do that. We got to see a chance to see Liverpool be ruthless on the break. But that's the only sense in which I, I you know, I feel because we were two 0 up. You mean? So we yes, because we were two 0 up, and we did. And there's no way at two 0 up you're going to boss a game yeah. against Manchester City. I don't care who you are. It wouldn't be Barcelona. It, yeah. it reminded me a little bit of the 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 one where Arsenal score first, but then we sort of break out of the trap because of how how high City were. But you could see there was. I mean, City are much better than Arsenal, but we you could see us trying to figure it out. That sort of risk reward thing, you know, taking taking the risk to break out of the trap. And I thought the second goal was was it was a, a brilliant example. <clears throat> of that but like like you're saying Rob because we were then 2-0 up we don't have to do what we did against Arsenal and, or, you know, Tottenham. or, or Tottenham and sort of turn the screw and, and end up and it, was, it wasn't 2-0 up 
after 35 minutes, it was 2 0 up after 13 minutes, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. I think once it goes 2 0, that's when Liverpool play the best football. But I think they're really good at in, in, in them initial stages, but then I think from from it going, the, the move for the goal for the seconds unreal. Mm. But then the football Liverpool play, the midfield performance from Wijnaldum and Henderson, mm. and Fabinho goes without saying, yeah. you know, he's the best in the fucking Wales at the minute, it's, it's ridiculous. But the, the ground that Henderson and Wijnaldum cover is incredible. And you see Guardiola after the match and, and the City players after the match are saying, you can't live with it. What they're doing, how much ground they're covering then two centre mids, it just makes us play. See, centre mids traditionally will just cover a, a small rectangle, won't be left to right, they'll just shuttle across, move across. Where they're doing it, but they're covering like from on top of the full back to their full back. It's it's the width it's the length of the field as well, where they're not it's it's not traditional because they're they're pressing but also the, the if if the ball switches shape they go compact and face them up another way. It it is incredible what they're doing. But also the thing I was most impressed with initially was the quality on the ball. Mm-hmm. That that that's the thing where yeah, Liverpool's functional midfield or Liverpool's midfield that enables this. It wasn't necessarily that genie and Alton, some some of the technical football even. Under such this, pressure as well, incredible. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Not, incredible. Not, pre- not, not pressure from some yard dog from Stoke or something. <laughs> Manchester City's midfield. That, that's why it's so hard for City. Yeah. That's why it's the hardest game City will ever play, and, that, and that's why Guardiola's so sort of effusive in his praise, is because what Liverpool are, are capable of doing, no other team in the, in the country can do it, bar maybe City. And he's looking at it, thinking, but this just isn't fair. Because normally we we go and we camp in someone's half and we score, mm-hmm. and then we score again, and then we keep the ball, and they don't get near us, they don't lay a glove. We go and try and do that at Anfield, they score. Fuck's sake. All right, well, let's do it again. And then, you know, we open up a little bit of time chasing equaliser, they score again. Mm-hmm. How are you meant to... And, and then Liverpool are able to control the midfield and the way they keep the ball and the way they just... City were chasing shadows for, mm-hmm. for 20, 30 minutes in that first half. I think what Adam said, spot on, that, you know, what I really liked about it was that when City... Were, like, it was so intense, that first half. Like, I needed a kip after yeah. the first half. <laughs> it lasted like, forever as well, But Liverpool, like, like City were pressing them so high up the pitch and so hard and were everywhere and there was no space and yet Liverpool kept playing football. And even when, like, you know, De Bruyne is closing down the keeper and things like that, the keeper's playing fantastic passes out to the full-back. You know, they're dinking it overheads. They're, like, they're, they're playing football. And I, I was watching it thinking, fuck me, like when you're under pressure like that, there must be a huge temptation to just think, fuck this, I'm lumping it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and they yeah. kept playing and they kept playing. And then, like I say, they get out and they score the two goals. I think that was the, sort of the most pleasing thing. But also as well, that midfield work, right, that got mentioned there. City, so City, you look at the stats and you go, City have had all the ball or more of the ball than Liverpool. And that's so rare at Anfield. But what did they do with it? They didn't really hurt us that much mm-hmm. because because of that. Because there was nowhere for them to go. Because every time a fella looks up and he's on the ball, there's about three people around him. Mm-hmm. Mane's come back and filling in a full-back with the full-back. And it's like, I've got nowhere to go. I can't get out. I'll go back. And and City had to go back and do nothing and not really hurt us with the ball so often. And that, that was where the, the match was won and lost, I thought. A couple of great points there. Jose Mourinho said this Liverpool team is the complete puzzle. I mean, you take what he said and then you take what Guardiola said after the game about, you know, when you're trying to play offensive football, they will kill you in transition. It's the trademark of Klopp's uh, career. But then when you recover from that and you try and go again, their defense is so strong, you can't get any uh, joy out of that midfield because they work so hard, cover so much ground. And then you've got fullbacks who are like midfielders, basically. Um, and 
that enables Liverpool. You know, you speak about being able to change your game at 2-0 up, play different ways when we're comparing and contrasting with other games that we've seen in the season. Because Liverpool have all these different tools that we saw a lot of it last season, but I think it's been elevated in in the current campaign to the levels of which they can in-game switch. And you said they you felt they played the best football at 2-0 up. Or, or was something. it Ben? Maybe I'm hungover as well. <laughs> I think I'm hungover from that game because that's one. By the way, you can't you can't take your eyes off it. You can't you miss something whenever your eyes are not on that pitch. But um, their first shot on target in the second half is Bernardo Silva's goal. That's a City team with all of the ball chasing a game at two 0 and that's their first shot on target. What was that? Seventy fifth minute. Seventy eighth. Seventy eighth. Yeah, it's a, it's a, I don't like that goal. I mean, I don't like that it went in. I just started shitting myself at 3-1 down with 11 <laughs> minutes to go, oh, this is fucking gone now. I, to go oh. for walk. I went for a walk under the con- around I along the concourse for a bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I a little piss, yeah. Just had a wig and then walked up and down yeah. for a bit. The stewards were looking at me. <laughs> I, I, I did something simpler then. <laughs> I did too. I, was, I, I think I was blaming Alisson in the ground briefly in my head. I didn't want to say it out loud because I thought he was magnificent. But it's a weird goal to give away. And it very much was a consolation. Okay, I love the game finish. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's, it's, it's a lovely finish. He's, he's yes. um, see, unmarked as well, which yeah. I think is is the big issue. And it's in off the post. He's, yeah. he's unsighted, right as well, the, the keeper, as well. From it. I mean, I thought, that's a bit near post. But Silver's a specialist at shooting at the near post, isn't he? It's, it is his goal. Um, but by that stage, fuck it. <laughs> I, 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 the point you made, Mel, about being able to control games in different ways. When we, when we like a few years ago, you used to see uh, Klopp bring on a third centre half, and you go, "Oh, for fuck's sake, we're going to we're going to sit in now, and we're going to and it's going, you know, it's they're going to score, mm. and you panic and panic and panic. Now they bring on a third centre half, and you go, "Oh, sounds." This is going to work because you've seen it's it. It's not clever. <laughs> you've, seen, yeah, well, you've seen it happen before. You've seen you've got that trust. You, you know they've done it. It's worked. We've seen games out. So when he does it, you think, yeah, we'll see this out. Yeah. I think the only thing I thought, the substitutions, I think Henderson probably come off because he wasn't well, because mm. he, and he ran himself into the ground. I thought the Firmino change was, was odd because Salah yeah. was goosed. I thought Salah looked knackered and he was looking at the Salah did come off, though, he? He took Firmino oh, off. And right. I thought he was taking Salah off and then he takes Firmino. Yeah. And I don't know, he obviously wants that out ball, but I just thought that combined with Henderson going off just left us a little bit exposed for a bit he wanted numbers oh that was the Chamberlain for Firmino one wasn't it mm. yeah he, just, he was just got, he went 4-4-2 then didn't yeah. he just for numbers in midfield to I, think he, I think he put that much work in as well yeah. and obviously yeah. Henderson wasn't well but the, the puzzle quote from Mourinho is one that I've sort of really bought into I suppose that the um, I, I think the, the Bayern Munich game last year is a turning point for Liverpool it's when, when I, I don't know a turning point for me personally is when I believe we can beat any style of side they were <clears throat> I think it, when we when they came here I think people underestimated how much of a test they were going to be and Liverpool had no Van Dijk in that in that first leg game and I just it just proves to me that we've got the answer to, to almost every style of opposition I think it's only uh, it's only Napoli we can't seem to, can't seem to master at the moment but um yeah, so if you're going to get Manchester City coming to town, Liverpool will have an answer for them. If, if Arsenal come and play a different style of football, 
Liverpool have got an answer, but it's not. I don't think we play the same football for every opposition, and I think that's what's so special about us mm. now is that we can be we can be the dominant seventy percent possession type, and we can. What, what was the guy? Uh, was it the old Swansea manager or something about putting the Formula One car in London traffic? Well, Liverpool would have an answer for that now. Mm. But th- this is how we've evolved. Whereas <clears throat> Manchester City come go ahead have the ball. You, you can you can be you can be in control for. The first fifteen minutes, but yeah, we'll we'll hit you with a double punch just because we'll find a way, and that that is what's that's what's changed. So where you're talking about being nervous in the ground and stuff, I'm sort of past that now. Is it? I, I sort of I, I've got to the point now where I trust them all the time. Where we always had nagging doubt whether it was oh, but the goalkeeper. Obviously, we've we've changed that now. Or Liverpool were bad at the back. We've changed that now. It's just so much. We've got sorry. We've got so many answers to every question that can that can be possibly asked of you. So that if if I know Chelsea are in good form at the moment. At moments of Chelsea, if our next game was was Chelsea, you just fancy us to find a style of football that would have the answer to anything that Chelsea would throw at you. Mm. It's it's incredible what we're achieving, and it, it is. In, I'd say we still had doubts about the Liverpool team twelve months ago. Little questions about them. We haven't done much business, but they've done it on the training grounds. You know, the addition of Fabinho is obviously huge, um, and I think he might be the final piece of that puzzle that um, that Mourinho has been talking about. That's just made us probably now the best side in Europe. His ability, right? sorry, mate, his oh. ability for being on yesterday first half. Someone mentioned it. You mentioned it before, Rob, about taking the risk. Fabinho three or four times first half beats two men, and mm. he's he's the, he's the deepest midfielder. And if they win it, they're in. And he's getting he's getting the ball under pressure, back to goal, and he's got three of their fellas after him. Bink, bink, he's beat them. So yeah. we, we're out of there pressing away, and it, it's so valuable. The ability to be able to do that is is just unbelievable, the, and that that quality of, of press as well that like you're up against. It's it's the, the fact he plays so much higher than I think people understand. I think people who don't watch Liverpool every week will think he's a traditional number six, that Makaleli role where he just shields the, the two guys in front of him. It's absolutely not that. If anything. He's pressing there to centre half. It's 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 what I think Sari wanted with Jorginho. It's that that sort of new style of role where we pressed him so high, but he's got everything as well. When he got does go, when he has to sit on top of the centre half, his ability in the air is is sensational. You know, you're not winning a header if it goes down the middle of the pitch with Liverpool because usually Matip or Van Dijk and him that little triangle we have there. Nothing nothing's going in there. It's I think I'd hate to play against us. What's interesting about him is he spent a lot of his career playing right back mm. and and as a winger right back. And he, so he sort of brings that to the number six role. Most number sixes have kind of been a centre half before or you know, they've not or a defensive but full you, back. You can see you can see the benefits of the fact he's had to play full back yes. in his technical it's ability. Do you know what the, I think it's a mad thing about this Liverpool team that sort of excites me and leaves, leaves me nervous in equal measure because we're on the cusp of so much here is I look around the, the first 11 and yes there was the first 11 give or take a debate about Lovren or Matip at the moment and you go six arguably seven of those lads are the best in their position in the world right now I think okay I'm saying it from a Liverpool centric point of view but I'm not seeing I'm not seeing anyone I want instead of Alisson or Fabinho or Van Dijk or Trent Alexander-Arnold or Robertson uh, and Salamani, arguably Firmino as well. So that's I'm losing count how many I've listed there. Six or seven, arguably the best in the world. And I pick. And if we do the combined Liverpool, uh, City Liverpool eleven, I'm picking seven or eight of ours over theirs. The the problem is, is I can't tell. Therefore, what the level of the lads just below are. 
Yes, I know that Henderson and Wijnaldum are the hardest working midfielders in Britain, and we've got a Milner can on his day match them, so we've got sort of cover there. But it feels to me like we're on the cusp of being the greatest team in the world, but also we're a minor little injury disaster away from not being. And I don't think, and this is no dig at the transfer committee or anything like that, because I think it's really difficult to do. I just think it makes us quite an unusual sort of team. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think anyone has eleven of the best players in the world in the team ever though when, when you no no you no look, but then, then what I'm saying is the second the second tier below that are not we don't have a defender who's near Van Dijk not even close I don't believe we don't have an alternative to Trent Alley and why should we because Van Dijk is so clearly the best and that's my point in a way we don't have anyone who's near Trent Alexander-Arnold or Fabinho but I don't think anyone else does really uh, in terms of if you, you see Manchester City with with injuries there yesterday, and they fall apart. They're playing Angelino at left back. They, they've got no, they've got three left backs at the clubs: Inchenko, Mendy, and it's Angelino. Not a huge amount between them, though. The, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But there's no quality. Whereas at least at least ours is the best in the world. This is, but this, I'm agreeing yeah. with you. This is my point. Mm. I think other City, for example, I don't. I think we put seven or eight in the first eleven out of the two. But if you do a first twenty-two. They've got they've got three. They're, in, they're more interchangeable, I suppose. And that's that's the question for us: is can we be as sustainable as they can? I be? Just I just wonder whether we're not praising enough the, the quality that we've got in the squad. I, I look at our bench yesterday and I thought, if you want to bring Chamberlain on, you've got uh, people have got a yeah, varied opinions on them. But we've got a fifty million pound midfielder and Kite sat on the bench. Joe Gomez, if he gets his head right, is the best young defender in the world. I, I'll I'll stand by that all day long. Uh, the goalkeeper even has shown he's, you know we, we were missing Allison for I don't know how long and he comes and he's a perfectly able deputy he's better than that deputy and that's yeah. what I'm saying it's Manchester City we're, we're, we're really concerned we'll have to play Bravo Arigi you've <laughs> documented you have a strange relationship with Arigi because you don't know just how good he is but he's bloody effective Jed and Shakiri would go to most Premier League sides I know he's not on the squad at the moment but be, be their best player so there's I think we've got to a point where like we worry so much about our own quality without realising just how good they are because they're peers. Yeah, maybe. As you, as I think they might be, maybe that's they might be more, so good. There might be more more to come as well. I think. I, yeah. I don't think that that was the best we've ever played yesterday. No, I do, no. I do and, and I do think that you can see. So I think that that Allison coming back adds a new dimension to our game, um, and I think that you can see kind of you know Kaita and Oxley Chamberlain nibbling away at the fringe of the first team, and that's a really exciting thing that's to come. So. I mean, I understand your note of caution, Rob, but I just think that we deserve all the plaudits, more of the plaudits than we'll probably get at, at, at the minute. Because yeah, sure. These things, and it, and, and I get what you said before, Robbo, because these things, the VAR thing, is a, is a distraction and a sideshow. But these big matches hinge and seasons in fact hinge on those on those those marginal decisions don't they like you know the the ball that doesn't cross the line at the Etihad last year and you know uh, which which they they rightly sort of flag as as being such a, a key thing it is it, it that's why that's why those that those VAR things end up dominating the headlines because everybody kind of knows that 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 that's, that that can swing swing things one way or the other but i do th- I, I i think that we despite that should be just shouting from the rooftops about how good we are and and how I think we we're going to get better this this sort of period of last season you could see a similar thing we could we thought okay well we've ground out a load of good results but we we haven't probably kicked on and started playing really well yet and then we did 
So I, I, I think there is there is more to come, and it's interesting to see us managing a season like we've managed games as well. Mm. So so like you know we're we're managing the season now like we are kind of like two 0 up yesterday, uh, and it's just you, you can you can see them. I mean they are so smart. We've said it before, and we are our team so smart. They can figure figure out almost any problem on the pitch and. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what my point is. It's just that there, there's Liverpool like, imagine something like that. <laughs> there's, an extra, there is, there's an extra nouse and gnarliness now about this group, though. I mean, like you saw yeah. it again yesterday. You know, Gomez was good when he came on, wasn't he? Gomez was fucking brilliant. Yeah. And when he when he just lifted Stair yeah. up and just went, nah, lad. <laughs> yeah. I was just fucking like, yeah. I've watched that clip about honestly a thousand awesome. times. It was fucking superb. When Mane goes through when he's flagged offside and he's boots it away. I love that. Fucking brilliant. Yeah. And it's like you know, not we, letting them take quick throws. Yeah, standing over, standing over free kicks, kicks all the time, all the time, all game we were doing that, standing and over. And we've cried kicks. for this for ages as well. Yeah. There were, there, dark arts. Yeah. yeah, there were periods of the game as well where Mane was in possession and Liverpool were looking to spread, and he was like, "No, relax, come." Mm. And that thought process, because there used to be periods when Liverpool would play. I, I remember a game against Bournemouth and we're in the lead, and there's absolutely no need to take a quick free kick and power forward and we do and we go and we get hit on the break. And um, one of the players afterwards referenced it to me about the things Liverpool need to change in order for them to grow as a team. It's not just about your uh, technical ability and your cohesion together, it's how you think through games. And this side's ability to to think through, even in the biggest games with the most pressure most attention on them is is remarkable. One of the things I, I wanted to bring up, though, because it seems to be a perennial talking point, is the midfield. And yesterday, when you tweet the team news, the messages, like the feedback you get is like, oh, God, Klopp's gone with Henderson and Wijnaldum again. Oh, he, sh- he doesn't want us to win this game. Where's Oxlade-Chamberlain? And oftentimes that's a a kind of displacement thing where you're not at the ground and you can't actually see the influence of those players. But to have Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain saying, I cannot get into this team because I am not good enough. I'm not yet at that consistent level that the ones getting picked ahead of me are. So if he can realize it, if you have Jose Mourinho, Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp, all talking about these players, and I'm not talking about Fabinho because everybody gives Fabinho credit. I'm talking about Henderson and Wijnaldum. Probably the captain more specifically gets um, a, a lot of the, the criticism. If you've got three of the best managers of this generation talking about what they do, why is it that people won't appreciate it? Th- I, think, I think it's a... It's, it's a... People don't realise what they're meant to be doing, and you and it's it's not traditional what they're doing. It's not a traditional midfield. So we, if you think about all your best midfielders that play for Liverpool, you think Alonso, you think Gerrard, you think like Alonso used to get it and run the game from centre mid, and you think, oh, we need that. You need to have him next to Fabinho, and you run the wheel, but it just cock our balance up. And I think it's a because it's not traditional. It's easy. It's easy in your head to say, oh, they don't really do much. Because because your your centre mids, your Vieiras, you know these players who run games the way football used to be. What we're doing is just it, it, because you can't really put your finger on it. What their role is? It's, I suppose it's also intangible. Like how much 
Henderson's cover and Wijnaldum are covering for their fullbacks. Exactly. And the this is the key point. Are, in, it, it, there's no measurement. There's no numbers that you can. That's put it's impossible. There are, so, sorry, there are. Go on, go on, mate, go on. They're arguably tucked in fullbacks a lot of the time. You know the way Biesley used to use them. Because our creative mids, the people people want in that midfield are Robertson and Alexander Arnold, yeah. but they're just playing wide. Yeah. I mean, once once that that clicks, go, oh, they're, they're effectively defenders. Of course, Henderson gets forward, but in the way that a conventional fullback might get forward, maybe a bit narrow, admittedly. But I think that's what they're getting. That's it, and that's wrong. that. It's it's really hard to pinpoint. So you can you can understand like people. I you've seen time and again people saying, "I'd play Chamberlain. I play Chamberlain centre midfield." I was before the game. I was thinking that's never happening in a million years mm-hmm. against this side. Ever because without the ball, he'll get exposed. With the ball, in, in he'll get it off him. In what world does he make that change for this game? It's just not happening. And that, it, was ne- it was never happening. And Joe, I'm, I'm a little bit fed up. A Liverpool fans of doing that, it's disrespectful. We, we've lost one and one league game in the last 51, and that was to Manchester City in January. It's, it's literally the Champions League final starting you know team, and it'll go down as one of the best like, teams. <laughs> you know, we've got the we've got the best home record in Europe. By we've we've we haven't lost it at home for since 2017. Eight, eight don't, don't twenty ta- have our last twenty one football. Oh, well, all, all the these all these stats are right. Stop it's it. Mad. Pack it in. Don't question the, this manager. It's it's out of order. When like if they they're going, why isn't Oxley Chamberlain playing? Because fucking Klopp doesn't want him to play. That's why I'm I'm, I'm sick of Liverpool fans questioning this manager. You, you've got no right to. You, this he's playing against with, with eight points clear at the top of the league, nine points clear of Manchester City against the Manchester City team. That's the best ever. It's the best ever. The They've got 100, 100 points one year and 98, 98. points the next. So they're running on 99 points average and we're questioning the manager that's going to overturn them. Fuck off, pack yeah. it in. You'll play Oxlade-Chamberlain when it's right. Seen a thing uh, for City to get 100 points. I think it was Andrew Beasley on Twitter. For City to get 100 points, they've got to win uh, every game bar one. Uh, they can afford to lose one game and then have to win every other game to get 100 points. Liverpool can... Which they might do, by the way. Which they might do. <laughs> no yeah. we, we've been through this. <laughs> <laughs> Liverpool <laughs> can draw three and lose two and still get 100 points. It's incredible what we're doing. Mm. It's and that's, that's what frustrates me. Like, Take Oxlade-Chamberlain as an example. He's all right, he's sound, but why, why is he getting in ahead of Henderson and Wijnaldum in, in a game like this? How, have we not seen enough from Henderson and Wijnaldum in big fixtures? I know that they're the right guys to turn to. Fabinho picks himself, obviously. We knew he was going to play. Oxley chamberlain yeah, he's sound, he's, got, he, he's doing okay. But the, there's a time there's, and place for him. There's, yeah, there's a course. time and place for him and Kaiser to play centre-mids, and that's fine. When you know you're not going to get expo- ex- exposed at the back, you're not going to get, you're not playing against the team who's going to try and get after you and play you. You you want to you're going to need a little bit more creativity and sense of midfield. That's fine. Because, By the way, because um, you, you're all right to take that risk. You're right to take the risk. Because, 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 because you will be more exposed. If you play, so if you can't play, play him Milner, against though. at the moment, you can't play Guardiola him in the midfield with that much Davin. quality. Sorry, we're talking. Guardiola doesn't uh, play David Silva for the same reason we don't. And he tend, and he has not done at Anfield before. Guardiola, with the team he plays, he always plays four or five attackers, doesn't he? Or however, you, wherever you want to label them. But he played his wall midfield of Gundogan uh, Rodri and uh, De Bruyne he doesn't He doesn't have that extra attacker and he doesn't have David Silva in that he doesn't have Mares and, and drop uh, Bernardo deeper Klopp's doing the same thing these are two teams are going to cancel each other out 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just dead annoyed when you said that you were getting all them sweets. It, it really just... And Henderson puts in a fucking brilliant well, that, ball, by the point, way. Isn't it? Jo- and Jordan sets up a goal. But we, we, we were talking before, Mel's point, about just how good they were in the game. Like, what, what more What more do you want them to do? I mean, I, I was I was questioning Henderson's place recently um, because, because he hadn't been playing well, and I'm a, I'm a Jordan Henderson fan. But um, in in this fixture, he, he plays, he plays, of course he's going to play. It's not... It's it's not the it's not the time where you take a risk. Uh, Manchester City at home. It was never like it was never going to be that. I, I was going to say, if he's played Milner, you could have sort of seen where he was, where he was going for with effort or trying to limit them on the set or or cover Trent. Like if Sane was playing, if he'd have played Milner in front of Trent, you go, yo, yeah, he's doubling up because he's been done. But there was it's when they don't play, I think. That you, st- you see what they do. So, so, so when, off when, when Henderson, exactly, a good example is, is Henderson going off yesterday. Um, and I think that we've seen at times, I think it was the Super Cup final, Milner played instead of Genie. And you can suddenly see what Genie does because mm. Milner's like trying to do a ramshackle version of it, but he can't he can't mm. get about as much as, as, as Wijnaldum can. And he's a bit, his, his style's different. I think Genie's got quite a smooth style sometimes. <laughs> don't, even, don't know what that means exactly, but whereas Milner's sort of he, yeah. like damn busters. One yeah. of Genie's problems is actually that he makes everything look easy that yeah. it seems like he's not doing much he's press resistant you, you can't get the ball off him he hardly ever loses mm. possession yeah. and he's so clever in the way he covers ground but also what he does with the ball and I think a lot of the problems is it's not eye-catching none of the stuff they do is generally it doesn't make you think it's not Roy that's that exciting overs, it, yeah. Yeah. but when Henderson hasn't played in the past <laughs> I, I, and I, I'm trying to remember which game this was as well but there's a home game this season where Henderson was missing and the impetus isn't there they're sort of they're, they're, there's, there's like a there's a drive and a, and, and, and a lead and, and just having a go at everyone else we, we were missing we, that, that game in particular I can't remember which one it was but it's Newcastle I think isn't yeah it? Newcastle you like, right. you like tempo without him I yeah, think yeah the, 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 that momentum and, and tempo and like I say the verbal Encouragement is not the right word, but you know, just 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 um, getting everybody through through the game and and covering for people and backing backing it backing your teammates up and them little partnerships. He's just he's got partnerships with with almost every player on the field. I think Henderson, well, you can tell when he's not there. The, the thing with with mid, midfields and you can tell when it's when you've not got the balance right. And we we've got to make little bits of sacrifices with our midfield to enable the fullbacks. The fullbacks are the most important two players in this team. Um, that they create so much. So you've got to have a midfield set up that's selfless in a way, and that them three are that they they'll they happily enable Trent Robertson the front three to do the magic for us. And and Genie Wijnaldum's a good example of that in in the fact that you'll you'll question what he's done in some games, but he's doing the dirty work. He's doing the little bits that no one else really wants to do. He, he's not, and he, the people who aren't watching the game watching the game quite as intensely might question what what, what does Wijnaldum do? He doesn't score that many goals, or he doesn't doesn't do this. But no, he, he's he's allowing Trent and Robertson to get thirteen assists each, or he's he's going to allow. Um, for being able to press hit here, or he's going to allow Salah or Mane not to track back as much as much I'd, as you quite like. I'd really like, I'd really like somebody who's got much more intelligence than me. One of the, one of the, I'd like to know what their role is. What are they tasked with doing in every mm. game to try and understand it? Because even when you're looking at it, you can you can appreciate what they're doing, but what are they meant to do? 
do you know what I mean? like I'd like someone to say right when he's got the ball there he goes there because I'd, it'd blow your mind I think it's the hardest position I think playing them two wide midfield positions wide centimetres whatever you want to call them for Liverpool probably the hardest position in football to play it's like we, never it's, been done before it's like we play a, a four man midfield their, their, their jobs are off the central midfield in, a, in an old fashioned one midfielder that goes one midfielder that stays and two left and right midfielders theirs is the job of the central midfielder and the wide midfielder when we're without the ball it, and that's that's incredible so mm. in that traditional sort of 4-4-2 thing it's allowed when Rodgers used to outnumber teams that's what he was looking for he was looking for someone who could do that role completely? So we're outnumbering them, but without having to make where Rafa would where Rafa would yeah. play two hold midfielders yeah. to win the midfield. We're not having to do that. We we can have the three forwards because them lads wide of the of the central midfield that are doing so much work. One of the things Mourinho said when he was talking about that complete puzzle was the use of of the midfielders Henderson and Wijnaldum, and he said they enable Trent and Robertson to do what they do, to basically be auxiliary midfielders, but also they allow uh, Mane and Salah to be able to stay in positions where Liverpool, as soon as they get it quickly, can feed them. So all Liverpool's transitions are so hingent on those two players being able to do what they do. The other interesting thing was before the match, Vincent Company said... I think he was asked um, whether City would try and go long to circumvent Liverpool's press. And he said, you can't do that either because when you do that, Henderson and Wijnaldum are so good at second balls that you then leave them with the second balls and they're going to hit you in transition again. So the po- I, th- I think it's important to realise there's a reason there's a massive, massive, massive stratosphere between of what fans see and understand and what a manager can see and understand and even what the media can see and understand. But I think there needs to be a universal acknowledgement that if all these really clever elite managers are seeing what they do, then perhaps we should all give them credit. Well, I what mean, been doing. We're, we're blessed at the moment with punditry to have Mourinho in the studio. You've got the two best managers of, of this generation one of them's at our club and the other one's obviously the fiercest rival. You've got Wenger doing B in sports, you know, you, you hear him, you normally wouldn't get to see behind the curtain a little bit and get this sort of level of analysis that we're getting at the moment from the likes of Wenger and Mourinho. And when they're telling you just how good these three midfielders are, you should be taking note. Like, there's, a, there's a level of being spoiled a little bit as well, isn't it? You know, we we all talked before about the stats and about how long we've been watching a good side and, you know, we're champions of Europe, we're top of the league. You know, we're absolutely flying. And I think because you're watching it week in, week out, there's an element of it's being when you watch other teams. It. Well, exactly, yeah. The shit. Yeah. Like, on, honestly, watch Everton, for fuck's sake. Like, I've got a mate who's an Everton who have mentioned before and I've gone the pub with him and had a pint and just watched Everton. And I'm like, fucking hell, are you watching this every week? No wonder you're fucking down in the dumps, lad. Yeah, I watched Everton to- <laughs> Tottenham and couldn't believe the drop-off in quality. Down in the dump. That's a great saying. But no, that's it. I watched um, Everton Spurs and you just couldn't believe the quality yeah. difference. In a, in, a, in a game that's sort of hyped as two decent sides, then they're not, you know, you, you watched two decent sides yesterday. It was, the, it was the biggest game of the season so far, but it was also probably the best in terms of seeing quality footballers. Like, if you want to talk about Manchester City, 
Bernardo Silva, what a footballer he is! Like I couldn't believe just how good he is. The way the way he kept like it was like he was doing it so fast. He was dropping back in, knocking a ball off first time, and I was just going, "You're brilliant." There was. There was loads of it you couldn't oh, just live with, was there? No, I mean, there was times there where Sterling was just ghosting past people. Yeah. And you were like, what a player this I, lad I is, think, you know I what I mean? I think Trent's got defensive frailties, but you can't defend against this. Sterling, yeah, Sterling's so strong in the air as well yesterday. Yeah. He was beating, like he was well, winning we knew, everything. We knew he air. was physically strong yeah. since he was a, a young lad at Liverpool, didn't we? But he, he's added to that again. And you can see that battle early on with um, Trent and Sterling. And you're like... That, that's tasty that, it was right yeah. in front of us um, it, it, Ben wasn't next to me yesterday but um, that 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 bit that you were afraid of really was the sort of Sterling uh, uh, and Silva uh, mm. uh, isolating that channel between Lovren and, and Trent and it was uh, the battle was sort of right in front of us and I think just the the, the quality of them is unbelievable and I think that the level of intelligence that Lovren especially shows mm. uh, there's, a, there's one time in particular where sort of half the crowd are saying you know dive in and half of them are saying stay on your feet and he just measures it perfectly it was yesterday. a really mature performance really, from Lovren really yesterday yeah, that, he was and like it was Leicester he plays at home as well I thought he, he thought he was brilliant yeah, was he, Jason Lovren I've defended him for a long time he's obviously got a, a mistake in him but when he's good he's excellent I mean but what I, what I noticed from him in these last two games is his resistance to try and do something stupid and dive in at the wrong time where he normally would when he's when he's in the team. I think I think he's I think he's obviously a fella who who thinks about his own performance. He's conscious yeah. of his own mistakes, and w- when he's in the team regularly, he relaxes and and puts them to the back of his mind. But when he's not in the team, I think you see a, a little bit more maturity from him. And uh, you could see yesterday there was times where I thought you're going to jump in here, you're going to jump in here, and he kept standing players up. So I thought I thought he was brilliant. I think like again when when you tweet teams and people see Lovren and they're like, oh, well, we're going to get beat now. It's not the case. You've seen a really really top class performance from a centre half yesterday. It's not easy, but no matter what side you're playing centre half against Manchester City, Van Dijk will do loads of your work for you. But there was a couple of times where he had a fair bit to do, and I thought he gave the answer every time. It's when he's overcompensating that. He's an issue because then he's in his own head and he's not playing the game in front of him. He's playing the one in, in he his head. He got under a ball a couple of times. I mean, they weren't ricks, but he he just does have that that urge sometimes to go in half a yard too quickly for me. I mean, that's well, why he's, he's, he's a, a front foot defender, though. Yeah. So he is going to yeah, get yeah. caught up where Matip's a bit more measured, isn't he? In terms, yeah. of he'll stand off a little bit more. He'll he'll take a yard off someone. Love like the the, the nightmare game he had at Spurs. He, he's. He's attacking the ball, so he's going to win that header with Harry Kane. He he, he loses the header. The little bits like that, where Lovren's always been, the, one of his best qualities is also his worst one. So when he gets things wrong, it's because he's being so combative. Mm. It's because he's he's stepping out and trying to win everything. <clears throat> where my, my point was, I suppose, is that he is being that little bit extra bit measured. But I think it, it obviously helps that you've got Van Dijk next to you doing so much work. Yeah. I yeah, think the centre back. Give him some praise when when we when we. And got to give him exactly. so often, I think you've also got to praise him when he's excellent. And, play, and praise yeah. the manager as well, I think, yeah. because it does seem like he's got it, it, Klopp's done an amazing psychological trick on Lovren, which I yeah. never thought was was possible. Lots of skirtle in this side. 
Maybe genius. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. No, no. 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 <laughs> no. 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 They're, they're different footballers and like uh, people give me a little bit of stick over Matip now and fair fair enough I'll I'll, t- I'll take it for Matip now but I wasn't wrong on Matip no. at the time I'm absolutely no, convinced because well, right. my yeah, point you were right it's, it's, then it's, it's, yeah then yeah, and yeah. I, you know I, I'm, I, I, I don't come on these shows to criticise Liverpool players I don't like doing it I'd rather they were all at the level they're at now but at the, Joel, Joel Matip's changed Dejan Lovren on these last few weeks has changed it's coaching it's mm. and it's yeah. it's further evidence of what's going on on the training pitch so where Klopp comes in to Liverpool and in his early press conferences people are talking to him about transfers 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 and he, he sort of gives a straight back back and goes well actually I'd rather just have more time on the training pitch and develop footballers you're seeing four years of him having time on the training pitch developing footballers he inherits Dejan Lovren he's a better, he's a better player Matip he was he was so shy. I, that that that's the way I uh, describe him as a centre half. He was wasn't aggressive enough. Now you see him get people out the way. He'll bundle up. He'll just move people out the way in, in an aggressive fashion. They're, they're probably learning day in day out from the best centre half there's ever been, in my opinion. Adam's right though as well. I think about about psychology. I I think the psychology of individuals and collectively is so good. And like you saw you saw it again yesterday. You know, he mentioned Dejan and like you can make a mistake and then you feel as though he's almost in his own head going, I've got to put this right by being dead good now. Where you don't, you just have to play your game, mate, mm. do you know what I mean? And I think I think they've started to, they're definitely working on that behind the scenes. I'd love to know what goes on. I'd love to, you know, have a big chat with Pep Linders and he'd absolutely mm. blow your mind, I'm sure he would. Um, but like, look at Trent yesterday, mentioned before, he starts badly. And you're worried. You're worried about what Sterling's going to do to him next minute. He's playing like world class passes and he's dinking balls over the head to to Mo and stuff like that. To be able to do that to, is is really really hard because you know you're you're under that pressure. You know the world's watching. You're in a stadium full of people. You know how important this game is. And yet you go, okay, I've fucked up a little bit. I, I, I've fucked a few passes. I'm getting roasted a few times there. But fuck it, I'm good, and I'm gonna play a forty-yard pass to to Robertson that no one can even see. Like th- that pass he plays again. It's it's one of them. Another clip that I've watched a thousand times. It's like look sound on the telly and look sound from dead eye up in the stands. Seeing that on the pitch though, with all those people going on, he's at that moment to be able to play that ball. Fucking brilliant. Twenty-one years old. It's yeah, amazing. Wrong foot. Wrong foot. Yeah. Sort of looking the wrong way. I think I seen another thing. Another tweet. I can't remember who's done it. There's a couple of stills of Bernardo Silva. Silva takes a gamble because he thinks the only pass he's got on is inside. I think it's slightly backwards inside the feet. That's on his right foot. On yeah. his right. That's his pass. So I'm going, and he goes and leaves his space. And Trent's got the ability to see that happen, and then on his weak foot. Like stand and start, just go pink. Okay, I'm just gonna knock that right over your head into that space. He doesn't even have to touch it, Robertson. But you, it's perfect. You're right, Robert. The the um, Trent. You when he's not playing well, it's it. You'd think it's it's almost counterintuitive because you'd think what you'd do is do you know, go back to basics and and simple passes to play yourself out of it. And he and he doesn't do yeah. that. And you see, I've seen him do that before. Start badly and then his basics are 
amazing passes. <laughs> I, I so that, that he plays himself into confidence because yeah. he knows what he's got in his locker, and he's just he, he, he doesn't he, he doesn't ever play it safe in those moments. But you've got like and like I know I know like probably getting into like you know psychology books and all kinds here now. But like you you've got like so many sort of like cultural leaders at at the club now as well. Like people like Milner, like like I love Milner when he come on yesterday and like just skittled about three of them in five minutes because he was like, this is what's needed. You know what I mean? And like when we when we did that interview with him, he, he talked about um, he went there'll be days. I think the phrase he used was the wee days where you just can't pass water. You just have them one of them days. And he's like, but what you can always do is put effort in. You can always work. You can work out how to get through that ninety minutes if you know if things aren't quite going right. And I I think that kind having that kind of person around, having him talking like that, having that experience every day on the training pitch. As well as Linders, as well as Klopp, as well as Van Dyke, you know that that's why we're seeing what we're seeing from some of these young players as well. Gareth, that uh, interview with James Mulner is one of the reasons you should vote for the Anfield rep in oh, the FSA. What a what a segue there! Um, I'm, oh, look, my computer's gone off and everything. Yeah, there's a we, we set up a um, a link, so if you want to vote for us in. Um, the Football Supporters Association Awards. We are up for the Fan Media of the Year Award. You can go to theanfieldrap.com forward slash vote for tour, T-A-W, and that will take you to the page. Dead easy, only takes a few minutes. And there's a few other Liverpool-related topics in there. So, for instance, you could vote for Jamie Carragher as best pundit. You could vote for Sadio Mane as player of the year. And you're going to, aren't you? Because the boss. Uh, and so are we. So vote for us. Nice That's one. been the Anfield wrap. I hope everyone is feeling as good as most of you in this room. Not as bad as Benjano, <laughs> but But if if you have a hangover, I'm sure it was well, well worth it. Sports Social Podcast Network.